Hey book fans, welcome to the very first episode of Momo's Bookcase. Our very first guest is Mike Bosworth. Mike is a Chicago improviser and actor and the co-host of the podcast, How Star Wars Is It? You can see him do improvised musicals around Chicago with The Baby Wants Candy and Anarchy, the improvised rock opera. Enjoy! Mike Gospel is here on the Zoom. Hey! <laughs> How you doing, Mike? Hi, I'm really good. How are you, Mo? I'm doing all right. It's a warm Sunday in September. It really it was, is warm. It was very warm today. Uh, it's how you know we're adults. We're talking about the weather. Um, right <laughs> it's how you know that we're very interesting adults. <laughs> yeah. It's like, ooh, it's, it's unseasonably warm today. Yeah. Um, great. So Mike is here to talk about a book. But before we get into that, Mike, what have you been reading lately? What are you, what are you doing? Oh, boy. So I am bad at reading. <laughs> I, that, that is sort of twofold. One is I think I'm just like a slow reader, which yeah. makes reading less, um, uh, desirable for mm-hmm. me when I also know that there is this thing right in front of me that it's like 70 inches on the diagonal and it has every TV show and movie on it. Um, <laughs> but, but, uh, I really do like to read and I like the idea of reading a lot. And so, um, I, I, uh, I have like three half finished books all in a stack on my nightstand. One is the night circus. Ooh. Yeah. I've heard good things about that. Yeah, it is. It is really good so far. I'm not, I'm not terribly far through it, but like my sister read it a long time ago and like has told me multiple times I should read it. Um, (laughs) and let's see, I also have this, this is so lame, but I also have a, um, a book about improv on my bedside table. So Which there's this uh, LA improviser, Will Hines, who I know from the Comedy Bang Bang podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And he's a UCB teacher over on the West Coast. And I, I want to say it's called uh, How to Be the Best Improviser in the World or some some version of that expression, but it's by Will Hines. Um, and it has been giving me the feeling of being like 22 and reading the truth and comedy and like those other kind of like beginner improv books for the first time it has made me in fact like you were on a herald team right after i read this like first chunk of it i put it down and i texted my herald team saying like can we do a herald (laughs) so stupid that's amazing okay i'm gonna look at that up because i missed that feeling and i totally get what you mean and that sounds so great uh i also have an improv book on my nightstand oh what do you have improv nation oh yeah i it's that was book. like about improvisers and improv right it's more like a history it's like a history of improv by yeah. someone who apparently has never done improv before. Oh. So, there are some interesting tidbits in it that i'm like okay i didn't know this so i'm yeah. trying to truck my way through it um the, yeah, the third one in that stack that I had was a a personal finance book that I've already read cover to cover because I love it. But I pulled it when we were looking at buying a place, and then I, I just never bothered actually reading it. <laughs> so it's just there for moral support. At this yeah, point. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there if I need it. <laughs> I love that. Uh, yeah, I also am someone who I like to read, but I run out of time, and I'm really good at starting books but not finishing them. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my gosh! Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I have like 10 books on my to read stack right now. Um, Currently, I think the one that's I just picked up was Harriet the Spy. I'm reading that again. Oh, yeah. That's fun. Um, it's kind of weird being an adult and reading that book. You're like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> but there are some, I, I see why I liked it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the, you absolutely have me if it is a book for someone much younger than me. Like, <laughs> in fact, another book in there, Caitlin the other day, my wife um, was, um, we were talking about the hunger games and she was like, I think I want to reread those. And she read all three. I'm so jealous of this skill. She has, she read all three in like a 36 hour period. Like she's just like lightning fast. Um, and, and, uh, like, so that is one that I could see myself rereading like fairly quickly. But, um, I think another, maybe the most recent book I finished reading was like a 100 and something odd page. It wasn't like for children, but it was just like a short novella mm-hmm. um, called A Psalm for the Wild Built. Um, it's it's this kind of weird, like cozy science fiction story that Ooh. takes place. I can't remember if it takes place in just sort of like an alternate world or in the future, but the, excuse me, the like social norms of that future are all very um, idyllic to, to the leftist and left leaning millennial in me. um, (laughs) Cause there are things about like kind of the deconstruction of gender is in there. It's not even like about that, but like that is, inherent throughout the way the language they use like the the protagonist point of view character is a non-binary who use non-binary person um who uses they them pronouns and like it took my mind a second to like uh adapt to to they and them being used as frequently as they were but like it's it's just like so nice and and like the they have all these different gods in this story and the the main character who we follow their god is like the god of small pleasures so they their like ceremony around their religion is like making tea and sitting in the forest with your friends (laughs) like (laughs) it's really nice (laughs) um that's amazing yeah Yeah, i you couldn't see it but my face looked very happy when (laughs) yeah Yeah, it was just very pleasant and i think it's just like a two book series and the second one only just came out in like july i want to say so i i have yet to read the second but you like when a friend of mine was telling me about this i was like you had me at 150 pages (laughs) i love that i think it's gonna be my favorite part of this podcast i think i'm just learning more about books from other people so that's really exciting uh i'm gonna add those to my list uh thanks mike oh yeah um all right so we're gonna get into the meat of this podcast uh mike what book did you bring us today yes i brought us the true story of the three little pigs by joe sieska skiska it's got a an awful lot of uh, vowels and consonants all there right in in the same uh same word yeah i think i've never tried to say that out loud before yes sorry john um and it is illustrated by Lane Smith. It is a picture book for children from the year 1989. Okay, yeah. I was unaware of until just this moment. I thought it was, you, you know, when you're in like third grade and every book has just kind of always been in the classroom, whether yeah. it was written like that year or 30 years prior. <laughs> this is one of those books. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so what are your memories of this book? Do you remember when you discovered it? When did you first find it? Um, I don't have like a distinct memory of exactly when I first found it, but I remember 
um, the essentially what I know now as the unreliable narrator or the multiple point of view storytelling, I had not come across that. Yeah. Uh, and that that's what I distinctly remember about this story. The story is, you know, the three little pigs, but told from the point of view of the wolf. Um, and when, when I first was like confronted with the idea that the story you've always been told could actually be different. I'm yeah. like, okay. Again, I'm putting this like 31 year old perspective on it, but um, I do remember like little, you know, seven, eight year old me going like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I found this book uh, the same time that I found Stinky Cheese Man and other stories. So it's the same kind of idea of like, a fairy tale flipped on its head or like you know that one of these fables flipped on head, and i really loved that idea yeah this story yeah i that and that has like since always been something that i you know really like uh the the thing that comes to mind is the first something like three or four episodes of season two of lost where we see the same like two or three hour period play out but from different characters yeah. points of view. and i remember because that was you know maybe a decade later that i discovered and and started watching lost but like as a, I don't know, 13, 14 year old being like, whoa, this is the same day. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, so why did you pick this book of all? I mean, we touched on a little bit. What are there other reasons behind why you picked this one today? Yeah. So I, um, I remember it being a bit more kind of, uh, mind-blowing than I think it actually was upon reread so I think part of why I picked it was I wanted to reread it and like have my mind blown again um I I also I know I I vaguely remembered the illustration as being cool and and at, to to spotlight that for just one second the illustration in this book is dynamite uh very good it's got like a kind of almost um ransom note collage kind of thing going on like there's it's all hand drawn but then there's pieces that are clearly photographs or or um some other like print material as opposed yeah. to just like a hand drawn thing um so it has it has a feeling of like can i trust the person telling the story to me because like it it does it does feel like you're reading a ransom note which by and large you can't trust the person who wrote a ransom note right and even I love the color. The cover of this uh, is a, like a news article. I'm holding it right now. Yes. Uh, and in the corner, you see like an, a menacing like hoof. Right. Like it, as they're like reading the paper, and I'm already yeah. like, okay, this is this is gonna be something. <laughs> yeah, like like the the big pig society has just like completely stigmatized and victimized this wolf. Upon rereading, I will say. <laughs> The wolf does eat two pigs and act violently toward the third. But he says this <laughs> Admittedly like, so. It's like a hamburger. Okay, I, I mean, but the pig was already dead, okay? If the pig was already dead... That's true. He didn't, like, kill them on purpose. And it, it's, you know, we waste a lot of food in the U.S. And I feel like it's like a good <laughs> It's a good job. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that was the thing that, you know, like, as a kid, I would have been like, oh, well, the the like that's too bad that the pig died because the big bad wolf didn't in fact actively blow down the house he sneezed so big it blew up right that's but, what happened but now i'm also like i don't know who to believe here because you sneezed so hard you killed a pig he wasn't feeling he wasn't feeling well and so uh, <laughs> did what he had to do 
I mm-hmm. I hear it. But yeah, I think I think it was just that um the to answer your actual question, it, it is that I I remember just kind of having my mind blown, and this was the first time I had ever hold, heard a story told from a different point of view, which I always thought was really compelling. Um, yeah, the the one I was debating on doing instead of this, um, which also came about in a conversation with some improv friends, however many years ago, to the point that then I went out and bought the book, was <laughs> Frindle. By, yeah, I don't. Do I think know? I never read Frindle, but I've heard. I heard of it, and I know friends who read it, but I was never Andrew Clements. Yeah, it. Um, it was. It, it's not the same exact idea, but the idea of like a story for kids that is telling you about like the nuance of the world. It isn't just like pig one, pig two, pig three. Big bad wolf gets defeated in the end, or whatever. Like, there's something there. Frindle is about um, a group of like fourth graders who someone one day wakes up questioning like why do we call certain things the words we call them like why do why does pen mean pen why can't we call a pen a frindle and then that becomes something where like other kids kind of jump on like this is fun like we're calling that a frindle and we all agree that that's what it means to the point that then like every kid in the school does it and it becomes like a um like a panic like the adults don't want this like um yeah (laughs) this this like snowball to to take down like words have meaning society has structure (laughs) and so like that was another one that I remember recently remembering and then rereading and being like yeah that was good that's a good book for a child to read (laughs) I think what I so I'm a big fan of like the like the Uh anti-hero trope too and so I like this is kind of like from that perspective, but also this idea of like not trusting society. I don't know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But like not trusting that what someone has told you is the truth and like you should question right. the motives of others. Uh which feels like kind of lends itself to like, and this is like kind of a stretch maybe, but like to, you know the prison industrial complex you know that that completely yeah right (laughs) i was thinking that kind of thing throughout this reread of of the big bad wolf of of just like oh okay like regardless of if i believe a sneeze could kill a pig (laughs) like the story he is telling is one that like we weren't ever told (laughs) right right exactly we just assume that this was the one side it's like like history is written from the perspective of the winners right? right but we never got to hear this thing yeah this reminded me a lot of um in college we did the exonerated and so which is about i think it's five five or six uh, wrong with acute death row inmates and like is the whole thing is like from their side of and i was like this kind of reminded me of that in a kid's version but like (laughs) totally but yeah like hearing the other side of the story and and maybe they are telling the truth after all. Maybe that is the thing that's happening. We just completely, didn't. totally. It, it's making me think of Wicked too, which I never read the book, but Lord knows I know the musical. Yeah, <laughs> and and like we just recently did a re-listen to the whole album, and I was remembering some of the more like plot points that you don't necessarily remember if you're just listening listen to Define Gravity, like all the stuff about the animals and like animal rights and uh-huh. like, animal with a capital A versus animal with a lowercase a. Yes, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. and like Alphaba gets just totally done dirty and and is becomes a scapegoat and yep. uh which is funny because dr dillamond is a goat goat uh but she's the scapegoat um yeah i i do like those like 
ah, yes, he's big and bad, but why is the wolf big and bad? <laughs> right, right? It's like, was was he born wicked or was wickedness thrust upon him? <laughs> yeah, right? That's yeah. the thing that we're asking with this story. Yeah, completely. I will say, <laughs> the last page, um, he's not in the... He's in the pig pen instead of yes. the... <laughs> which I'm like, okay. Well, yeah, talk about prison industrial complex. He he was got by like assaulting pigs essentially eating them in fact um but then he's put into pig jail like he he in this world is completely an outsider to the system and is just trying to get a cup of sugar yeah like so to your point like i think it is it is i i don't imagine that was like a lot of the rationale that went into writing this book in like right. the late eighties. <laughs> but that's but, what we're reading into it now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and the fact that like the, the reporters like decide to go with like the sensational part of it. Not that he's like, I had allergies. Yes. And I just happened to eat them because they're already dead. Yeah. Which I don't think is, is a bad thing, but right. The police showing up and seeing that he's like trying to get into this kid's house and like, okay, this is, yeah. Well, and yeah, you're right. You know, the not not only is um, it's the sensational side, but it looks as though the cops who show up and the reporters are all pigs. Yeah. So again, like, of course, the story is going to be told from the pig slant. <laughs> I would love to like talk about this book with the kids whose like age demographic it's kind of shooting for. I don't know if that's like five through eight or it's uh, probably like five to eight i would guess yeah for this one like like and analyze it's only 32 pages so this wouldn't take very long analyze every page both in what the words are saying as well as what the image is saying and like what does that say about the story you know like do do like a deep dive of like the semiotics of symbolism used and I, yeah <laughs> like honestly that. and i wonder i wonder like what what they would get like we got out of it of course that it's from the side of the big red wolf but i wonder what what else they would get out of it now being like totally. oh yeah i'm trying to remember there's there's also <laughs> there's one or two spots in the book i have it i took pictures of the pages on my phone before i gave you my copy um <laughs> uh i'm trying to remember some of the things that made me laugh or, or that made me go like huh who's this for but it's like the very first page or i suppose it's the second page we're being introduced from uh, to the wolf by the wolf. He's wearing striped shirt, so he's probably already locked up at this point. Mm-hmm. He's saying, "I'm the wolf, Alexander T. Wolf. You can call me Al." <laughs> there is not <laughs> a he, child who will understand that reference. Did he pull Simon Pan's <laughs> And so, like. As we are reading into these illustrations where, like, the cops are pigs, the reporters are pigs, like, Mm -hmm. there is something to say there, but, like, if we use the same amount of, like, scrutiny on the line, you can call me Al, like, what are we supposed to learn about the wolf? (laughs) (laughs) That he's just a silly guy. You just said the cops are pigs. That's just, I'm, like, okay, wow. (laughs) Amazing. Uh Yeah. Such a deep dive. Yeah, I love these illustrations. They're the they're so cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they just have like a well, and in certain certain pages, it literally is sort of ransom note style, where every letter looks like it's a, yeah. a different picture or whatever. Yeah, this yes, is the real story one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
but yeah, it it um I think the art in this also reminds me of and I don't know if the same person I, I should have looked it up, but the Stinky Cheese Man art has the same kind of feel for that too. I need to look up the Stinky Cheese Man because I'm I'm certain I've heard that name before, but Oh, oh it's the not... same writer. Oh, okay. That makes sense as to why also. Let's see. Is like it them. also the same um does it have illustrations or is it just like written? Yeah, it's uh so it has um Oh, Lane Smith. Yes. It's, oh, how okay. wild. Same, same creative team. <laughs> I was like, cause like it has like more of like the, the collage art with that one. Uh, got it. Um, okay. That's so funny. That makes sense. Cause I think my teachers, I think I found this in like first grade uh-huh. and my teachers had both of these books in our room, which makes sense. Cause they're both uh, probably around the same time. I love that. Yeah, this one came out like a couple years later, the Stinky okay. Cheese Man. Yeah. So what's the story of Stinky Cheese Man? Is it like a similar point of view shift kind of thing? Yeah, it, it is. So they took fairy tales and kind of like turned them on their head. So the ones I remember is uh, the Stinky Cheese Man is like the gingerbread man, except that he's like, you can't catch me. And they're like, no, we don't want to because you smell horrible. Like that's oh, the whole thing. Okay. He's like, haha, come get me. They're like, no, we're good. Um. The whole time, the little red hen, he's like, says the sky is falling. Oh, no, the one who wants us to bake bread, I think, is like the whole time kind of yelling at you. Different pages, like, come out and bake bread. Let's go bake bread. Why are you? So there's like little, they kind of like subvert, you know, fairy tales. Not totally. unlike the way they did with this one, but there's just like many of them in one book. But yeah, that's, yeah. man, I, I have just always been a sucker for that kind of thing. And I'm thinking now of like any other instance of that, like, like Into the Woods comes to mind. Yep. Um, or, um, gosh, what else? Uh, even like Doctor Horrible sing along blogs, the same kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is talk about um something that was mind blowing at the time, and then addressing does it hold up now? There's lots of problems with Doctor Horrible. <laughs> yeah, I yeah yeah <laughs> I <laughs> I uh, I should go back and watch it. Because uh yeah, in my head I'm already like, no, that's not great. Yeah, that's also yeah. not great. It's it's just like that classic Joss Whedon thing of like what sort of uh, that like more well-rounded or like better representative storytelling was con- or or rather what was considered that back then. Like it's mm-hmm. just like oh, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> this isn't all that much better. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I'll have to go back and watch that and see. <laughs> see what's up yeah it's just sad i really like that piece when i was younger um i think the music is great and i think that it certainly has like you know just sort of like um rocky horror like i think rocky horror has like a lot of problems by today's like uh, lens but i also like love rocky horror yeah 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 i think company is the same but sondheim where uh where uh the songs are great but the book is like very dated at this point um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah it's very like, oh, men will be men and they're stupid wives. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> yeah, like, oh wait. Which is, I, I'm sure, like a, a big reason why this like most recent um, revival won Tonys is because they switched a lot of the genders. And just by doing that, you start to see like, oh yeah, that song's kind of icky or that like sentence yeah. is just sort of uh-huh. like annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's not everything ages well. Um, I I would love a like 
redo of either this story or of mm-hmm. um uh perhaps just a different fairy tale but like the three little pigs is obviously you know the one we're talking about so like i would love to see one where he is just decidedly completely innocent you know like the, mm-hmm. the the beats of the story still have to happen for the like magic to work you know but like I don't want him to eat the pigs yeah. in, in the rewrite. I want him to just be like completely in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, and society is what does him in as opposed to like mm. a spin on actual events. Uh, so if he just didn't eat the pigs and the pig just like happened to die, right? Yeah. Okay. Or 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 like the pig, because I've heard the story in in such a way that like, he blows down the house of straw and the mm-hmm. first little pig runs away to hide with to the, to the wood house. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Yeah. So like maybe the... they just keep hiding. Um, yeah. You know, like the sneeze thing, like all of that, keep all of that. I'm just thinking like, I'm trying to make him like even more, um, which this is like maybe a gross way of looking at it, but like even more victimized. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like less gray area. And, and it's just that, the the justice system and the media and all of those things like it, as systems working together i think that's something that would would really and this this scratches the tip of the iceberg with that but like what what i think would really benefit kids today is not necessarily only learning that you don't truly know someone's story till you heard it from them but also that like many systems are at play and they all work together yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, this is the uh, real world kids uh yeah. through this uh fairy tale yeah but okay so assuming we can't change it we have this <laughs> that's yes, here yes. now if you were to give a gift and it was this book would you give this book to someone oh i people? think i would yeah, yeah yeah i think it does still hold up i think it's there are those like plot holes that 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 you mentioned of him eating the pig, which I think is fine, but of course some people might think is not fine. Um, yeah, yeah. But I think overall as a book, I think it still tells a really good story and also shows a really good lesson if you're willing to like right. dig into that. Well, and you know, now that I'm, man, I am just, this is going to become some kind of grad school thesis, but like the more <laughs> I think about it, like your point about like food waste is a good one. And also the point that like, a pig may eat uh, whatever that might be their diet, but like a wolf's diet in this case is a pig. So who mm-hmm. are we to depri- deprive him from like being fed? <laughs> he said it was like, imagine it's like a hamburger and it's just sitting there. Like, right. Just let it go to waste. I was like, I mean, I don't eat beef, but like a chicken sandwich. Yeah. I probably would eat that. Yeah. So I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I sneeze so hard that a chicken sandwich showed up. <laughs> yeah. And the whole reason why he was like going, crazy at the last pig's house too is that he was defending his grandmother so yes right like at the heart of this he's just trying to do something nice for his grandmother for her birthday yeah yeah and yeah. just gets caught up in the wrong place at the wrong time so yeah that that page was the one where i i um where it shifted a little for me because the the pig from behind his brick wall said like your little old granny can sit on a pin he was being rude decidedly yeah and yeah. the wolf's reaction to that was like violence yeah. <laughs> and i was like oh this is where <laughs> he said nobody talks about my granny yeah now you know yeah it was a bit of an overreaction uh yeah. which i understand never respect anyone's grandmother or grandfather but right. it was a little bit of a Ooh, do we need to 
yeah. go that hard. Yeah, mm. right. Yeah, I agree. It's it's making me think too. Which talk about like recent obsessions or recent reads. My my big recent thing I've been like diving into, and this like all kind of ties together because it is certainly for kids. Hey Arnold, uh, that oh. show. I I remember loving it as a kid, but like SpongeBob and Fairly Odd Parents were my like comedy boy shows. Yeah. Hey Arnold was like it, that that show needs to be like shown to every child at that age mm-hmm. because basically every episode is like, hey, you know that guy who's kind of weird or that girl who's kind of sad or that Here's old why. lady who's really mean? Here's their entire story. <laughs> oh my god. It is it, oh, some of it's those... just like the empathy cartoon. It's so good. And it it's uh like the Steve Kimmett episode. Uh yeah, yeah. It, like they're all so great. It holds up so well. Yeah, I agree. The, then, the like, one there's one that is basically just 12 angry men, but it's um Eugene gets um blamed for pulling the fire alarm, and there's yeah. all this evidence. There's peanut butter on the fire alarm, Eugene's glasses are at the scene of the crime. There's all these things. And then uh as as Arnold kind of digs into how circumstantial all the evidence is, finally Curly admits that it was him all along and that he planted all the evidence. I feel like that is the exact I I responded at that same age the exact same way as I did to this book. Wow, <laughs> but my- it was just like oh, it could have all been this way. My mind is blown. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible oh man i think ugh, i gotta watch hey arnold <laughs> it really is good there i i watched a whole youtube video called like the music in hey arnold had no business being this good because it's like <laughs> all like really cool like jazz like everything about that show was like really great <laughs> yeah hey arnold yeah the, even the intro was like yeah arnold yeah <laughs> I think that's really good. I think Daria is also another one of those two that holds up really well. Does it? And kind of like explains social norms in high school in a really, like, I'm like, yeah, that's how I felt about things. I think it still holds up. Yeah. Yeah. Another uh, cartoon for you. Yeah. I love, I love the idea to, again, to kind of roundabout answer your question of like, would you give this as a gift to a kid? Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I like, I would give them this like starter pack (laughs) of like, don't believe everything you hear. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it culminates in like the matrix <laughs> i love that but, but uh this book i think is a really good one for that to just be like not necessarily like telling an eight-year-old like to question authority because th- there is something there to be done for sure like something like frindle i think is a perfect book for that but even just to say like hey some people have different stories than what you might think like mm-hmm. I think that's like a really good lesson for like a five-year-old. Yeah. And don't, yeah, I guess like a fear response is not always the best response. Maybe Yeah. a question to be asked. I mean, you know, don't trust all strangers, but also everyone has a story. Yeah. And everyone's story is, most people's story is worth listening to, I would say. Right, right, totally. Uh, Wonderful. Mike, that was wonderful. You were great. (laughs) um is there anywhere uh anything you want to plug anything on social media or you want to be found anything you want Um, to know about you can find both of us probably on some certain saturdays as part of baby wants candy uh, at at second city it's an improvised musical uh show um so baby wants candy i mean like yeah my social media you can find all of the like silly things i do like make toys 
and do improv which i don't know which one of those is lamer (laughs) i think they're Uh, both pretty exciting okay Um, (laughs) but yeah that's i'm like i said i don't know i suppose my instagram which is word gospel oh nine zero nine um that's where all the links to all those other things are. And then of course I also have a podcast. Oh yeah. Um, the podcast. I'm, I'm running through all the different Instagram accounts that I have to shift between. Um, <laughs> yeah. I do a podcast with my friend Josiah called how star Wars is it where we rate and review a different topic every week. Um, but not on a scale or on a scale of one to 10, but not uh, of how good or bad that thing is like a typical but review, but it's how, how Star Wars, Wars is. It. So yeah. <laughs> by and large, the Star Wars movies tend to fare pretty well, but um, we recently did a, an episode on corn. We've done an episode, we've done episodes on like albums. Um, corn, like, the Lady, like the fame by Lady Gaga, like was not as high of a score as, you know, Return of the Jedi was. And yeah, corn, the food. Okay, great. <laughs> it I was all during the- that whole corn kid craze. It's corn. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we should we should have you join us and do some yeah maybe some books. See how Star Wars books. it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, totally. So yeah, check out how Star Wars is or wherever you can get podcasts, and that's all I guess. Wonderful. Thank you, Mike. Uh, check out how Star Wars is it. You're more of a Mike G. Uh, wonderful. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> this is really fun. Yay! <laughs> Momo's Bookcase is created, edited, and produced by me, Morgan Phillips Potts, and our theme music is by Nia D'Amelio. For more information about Momo's Book Club, follow us at Momo's Book Club on all platforms, or go to www.momosbookclub.com. Momo's Bookcase is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com 